Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of the program. You're knocking the guys over. Kozar took a hit. Kevin Mack took a hit. Listen. It's football. It's football, Contact man. Sport. I'm telling you, they're aggressive here on the desk. We're all set, though. Because we're fired we're up. We're in running. the presence of greatness. The great Chad O'Shea with us, our fantastic passing game coordinator, wide receivers coach. Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Glad to be here with you guys this afternoon. How has your offseason, did you get away any? Did you get a little vacation, take some time with the yeah, family? Yeah, we had a time to, to reconnect with family, have a chance to get with them, and uh, had a couple weeks off. It was great. But now I'm really excited. We're getting started with the players on Monday, so this is the best time of the year for us is to get with them and start building our team. And, and for you, especially some new toys. Uh, Amari Cooper coming in here and, uh, you know, your room especially is going to be remade, certainly, and, and some new faces in there. But let's just start with, with kind of where you're at and how you'll approach next week when the guys get in here. Obviously, there's limited to what you can do. Yeah, this is, again, the most exciting time of the year for us because we start the process over again. And I think that's most important to build it and start it over again every year. And what we'll do is we'll jump in the meeting room, we'll start talking about our scheme, we'll start talking about our fundamentals, our identity, which is as important as anything, who we wanna be offensively, and within that position group. And certainly when you add and acquire new players, it's exciting, it's fun, you know, it's, it's refreshing, and I cannot wait to get started with these guys on Monday. Well, listen, he's going to go in there looking like a player. These guys give me a lot of grief for going in the gym trying to get myself in shape. He's in there with his staff. You and Coach Petzing, are, you guys have been getting after. Look, at he ripped the sleeves oh, off fantastic. of his – The <laughs> sleeves are off of his hoodie. His forearms just burst right out of there. Do you do the Hoff workout? The, the he's joke? doing something even more Every bit is crazy. It, equal, and for sure. No, I appreciate the, uh, the, those things, you kind words you say about He's jacked out of there. He's hiding. <laughs> he is jacked out What am I hard to see? I'm sitting no, right next not. to the man. You I can, I can yeah, see. That's right. There's no doubt. There's a level of shape. Yeah, there. he's yeah. like sitting down with bars on his back and then jumping up on the box. All kinds of insane stuff. Who put this I've together? This jumping box. Jump I tell you situation. what, we, we we really do. We have a great support staff here, and I mean this. Our strength staff here is awesome. And Evan Marcus writes our workouts Animal. out, and, and he does a great job. All our strength staff does a great job with our players, and that's one of the things that's really cool for us as position coaches to see the development of our players when they come in on Monday. You know, those strengths uh, coaches will get to work with our players and, and you get to see the improvements they make, you know, not only in our area of us working with them fundamentally and getting better offensively and defensively and within the kicking game, but to see those guys develop in the weight room. So, hey, we might as well jump in there with them and, and try to do what they're going to do. Yeah, the, proof, the proof is in the pudding right there. The it proof is, is yeah. in the pudding, no so, doubt about it. So when you talk about the scheme and all of that, it's always an evolution. And, and is that some of the, part of the thing that's exciting for you as a coach? You've talked so many times about what a collaborative offensive uh, room it is with yourself and Coach Stefanski and AVP and Coach Callahan and now Drew with the quarterbacks and TC's now going to be with the tight ends who had quarterback experience so, and stumps. So you guys have a lot of knowledge kind of in that room. Is that exciting to see how it grows? And we'll talk about the personnel changes that allow it to grow as well, but to see kind of how that's going to evolve now in your third year together. Yeah, from a scheme standpoint, this is, again, an exciting time, a fun time of the year for us as a coaching staff because we can not only look back on the things that we did well and still maintain that part of our system, but we can look forward to the things that we would do that are going to be different, uh, that we might do, you know, uh, 
slightly different or even drastically different within our system that's based off of the people we have. You know, it's we're always trying to say we're going to play to the strengths of our players. And, and I think what's really exciting for us right now is we'll have a room full of players that have a lot of strengths that we can be creative with uh, and to build our offense. But it's, it's a time of the year where the board is clean. Um, and you kind of build your offense, again, from the ground up, and, and that's a, it's a great thing. And you're building it from the ground up, and, of course, passing game coordinator as well. When you, when you think about new quarterback, I mentioned Amari. These are primary. I mean, you're not going to get a more important position in sports than, than quarterback. And so you now will be adjusting this to their skill sets going forward. So, in a way, it's fresh for everybody, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, that, those are the things. I think that all players are unique kind of them to themselves. And when you have players that, again, we have acquired that have as unique skill set and are as talented as they are, it, it really is, you know, a, a great thing for a coaching staff to sit down. And we have a great staff that works well together to try to develop an identity and a system of who we're going to be, which I think when you go into every year, regardless of your team, things change, you know, and they never remain the same. And if they remain the same, I think that's where – you're not doing your job as a coach. So it's our job to not, you know, to not reinvent everything, but to do things slightly different or to add things to what we do well that's going to be really beneficial to us offensively moving forward. When you found out you were getting Amari Cooper and you put that tape on, what was what what do you see? What are we getting in Amari? Yeah, I mean, he he's a guy that we've I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for as a route runner. Uh, I think he, he can gain separation versus tight coverage versus man coverage uh, consistently. And that's something I've always had a lot of respect for. I mean, he, he's been a part of some of our teaching tapes that we've used in past years with our own players hmm. to just look at his route running and, and to study that. And I think he's a, a technician that has the ability to separate both at the line of scrimmage and at the top of the route. And I think that when we talk about evaluation of receivers, that's the number one thing for me uh, and our offensive coaches is what is his ability to separate versus man coverage like? Because at the end of the day, for you to be successful in the National Football League and play receiver, you will have to beat man coverage ultimately. You know, there's a lot of things that we want our guys to do well, but it's going to come down to there's a defender standing right on top of you and you need to win. What did you, aside from, from that, the technician part of it, what did you know of him, the person? What have you learned about him since the acquisition? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we do a lot of homework and there's a lot of research and, and guys do a great job of providing and getting as much information as you can on the things that you don't see on film. So I think that's true of all our players that we acquire. We try to be very thorough and learn as much about them people-wise as we do players. And one of the things that's been very consistent throughout you know, our research and talking to different resources and people is that he is a very hard worker. He is a team guy. And I know how important that is to coach Stefanski. And it's one of our pillars that we believe so strongly in is that nothing's more important than the team. And we're going to come here and work. And certainly, like, the people we have visited with, those are the two things that they say about Amari. Hey, great teammate, puts the team first and comes to work and, you know, and works extremely hard and very unselfish. In addition to Amari, in terms of the people, we, the additions we know of today, Jakeem Grant. Now he's 
most likely going to be a return specialist for the Browns, but you had him down in, in Miami. He's a very big fan of yours, enjoyed that experience, and he's a guy that you know you even saw last year in Chicago, a couple touchdown catches. As you, we talked earlier, you put his highlights on. He can make some explosive plays. He takes kicks back to the house six times in his career, which is unfathomable in this era. What does he kind of bring other than certainly those highlights and a, and a great personality? I'm just talking to him. Yeah, and, and I'm going to talk about him uh, as the person first because I did have an opportunity to be around him for a year in 2019 at the Dolphins and I can't say enough great things about him as a person he is everything that we want as far as being a teammate putting the team first working extremely hard all the things again that that coach Stefanski here has tried to instill in this football team and and, and build it the right way through those type of traits he is so uh, really impressed with him as a person and cannot wait to get started with him as a player he's explosive you know he's He's made a lot of plays in this league in a lot of different ways, uh, but he has the capability of hitting the home run, which is very exciting to have a player uh, that you can get the ball in his hands in different ways, and he has the ability to, to threaten the defense and to hit that home run, really, in a lot of different ways. So another guy that's really exciting for a coaching staff because we can be creative in the ways in which we use him. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a skill set that's unique, and that's speed and explosion. Um, another guy, again, that's going to come in here, work hard, and but r really cool to put together a plan for him as well. well can, you, you talk about explosiveness. You think about Schwartz from a year ago, and, and you think about a guy who at the start of the season, you thought, boy, this could be somebody who would really have a big impact. And it was there, but it's a rookie, and it wasn't maybe quite what everybody else thought. Yeah. What, what do you expect the leap for him can be from one to two? Yeah, and, and that's a great point you make. And I think that's, that's true of most rookie football players, that you know, regardless of position, regardless of who they are, is that it's a work in progress, and it's a learning experience. There's so much that goes into the transition for these guys as rookies. You know, it's, it's both on and off the field. It's how to become a professional. It's how to fit in within a team. It's the length of a season. You know, that's one thing that the, all rookies in retrospect will look back and say the length of the season was something that was, was different, obviously. Um, so with rookie players, there's always some bumps along the way. And what I have found and experienced, you know, in working with these guys is the transition into the second year, you can really make a jump. Yeah. So that's my expectation for Anthony Schwartz is, we know what his skill set is. We know what he brings to the table as far as his ability and talent. And now it's time to make the jump. And that's what we're going to talk to him about next week. And a lot of our players will set individual goals for and our expectations moving forward. And certainly an expectation for him, just like it is our other rookie players, is it's time to make some progress going from year one to year two. And that's yeah. what our expectation will be with Anthony. Yeah. You know I have a great affection for Donovan Peoples-Jones. I know you do as well. And you look at him, two years in the league, 78 targets, 48 catches, 901 yards, five touchdowns, 18.8 a catch. Pretty nice return in two seasons from a, a sixth-round pick and a guy that we know the accolades coming out of high school. You know, 78 targets, that's not even really a full workload in a, a season for a, a one or a two. And, and to put that kind of production is good. What does he need to do in your mind to take that leap? Because in the old days, it used to be, right, your third year. That's when the receivers, that third year, would that be that explosion for them? How can Donovan do that? Yeah, I think Donovan, you know, he's got exceptional character traits. Let's, let's start with that. I mean, he... He is, again, a high-character guy that works extremely hard, who's got outstanding intelligence. Yeah. Uh, so it's our expectation with him is that I think this year three for him within the system, 
uh, he'll just be that much better. I think his improvement uh, we're going to talk about next week. I'll talk individually with him about some things he can do fundamentally uh, to improve his game. And I think that's one of our goals and, and one of the things we do as the season ends as a coaching staff is we take those few weeks after the season and we really identify not only from a scheme standpoint of how we can improve moving forward, but how can we improve our players? Because ultimately that's most important to a coach sure. is can you – improve your player and bring him to be the best version of himself on the field and we identified some things I think fundamentally that we're going to work really hard on with him the next few weeks get on the grass really have an opportunity to, to work on those things and, and I think those are things when you have a player and you you put them on film for two years it should be obvious on what some of those things are but it does take some time to look at a player and say, okay, these are the things that we have to get right moving forward. And Donovan will be very clear about what those are. Um, again, I could spend an hour talking about probably every player on how we can improve moving forward. But we'll talk a lot about that and then put it into action, take it on the field, and let's get better. You said something as you were kind of going through that that, that struck me and brings back to many conversations I've had with players about just how critical it is in a player's development the position coach has a huge role in that. And a lot of guys will say, I, had a, I was lucky early in my career. I had a great coach that got the best out of me. And you said that right. is, and you just identified, that is my job is to get the best out of everybody that comes into my room. Where did you kind of get that mindset and how have you cultivated that over the years, knowing that you've had opportunities, you've been an offensive coordinator, you got an interview this year, which shows the respect you have around this league, but to keep that mindset that my job is to get the most out of the guys in my room. Yeah, I mean, I've been fortunate to be around a lot of good coaches, especially early in my career, and that was something that jumped out at me as a, as a young coach is that, hey, that is our job as coaches, and that's something I've always – maintained through the years is that our job is to get our players to improve. They have to play at a high level. But the most gratifying thing as a coach, and that's why I'm in this business, is when you see a player develop over time and improve and meet his goals. When we sit down again Monday and we say, Donovan Peoples-Jones, what are your goals individually and as a team? And he states those goals. And at the end of this journey, if we can say we've met those goals and I've helped him, we as a coaching staff have helped him along the way, there's nothing more gratifying than that. You know, to look that player in the eye at the end of the journey. And obviously we all know what the ultimate goal is. And I've had the opportunity to be in that situation where you look the player in the eye and they look you in the eye and you know you've accomplished something together. And that's what I think the role of a coach is, is can I bring that player, can I help him along the way get to where he wants to get? Coach, just probably in the last couple of weeks, Nathan and I have been, um, every once in a while we'll throw in a little uh, Deshaun, and it's fun to, to, to watch him. Play. Who? who? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we were talking about this last week. Like, you, you know, he didn't play obviously last year, and so you're reminded of all of the throws that he can make from all of the angles he can make them, the constant pressure he puts on a defense with his feet. Um, it's an every blade of grass situation. It's an incredible weapon. Um, I know you've done that as well. In terms of the player that he is and what he opens up, how do you put that into context? Yeah, I mean, when you have a, when you have a player at any position that can do multiple things well, obviously that's a bonus. And when you have a player at the quarterback position – uh, again, who's as talented as Deshaun is that does so many things well. Obviously, it makes it very hard, number one, on the defense. And as I've said several times you know, this afternoon, it's fun for a coaching staff because now we can do so many different things. And 
it, it just opens up a lot of things that you can do. Yeah. And you like to t always be creative in your mind. I would encourage people when they go back and watch some of the trick plays we've rolled out, maybe go pop on 2019 Miami Dolphins and even go back <laughs> to some of the Patriots stuff you did. Do you love coming up with that stuff? How do you come up with those kind of out-of-the-box plays that will end up with a fruit name that ends up having great success on the yeah, field? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say most coaches would answer the same. There's a lot of copycatting going on, you know, so – I'll find my uh, during this time of year when I have some downtime at the house. Well, I'll jump on YouTube and check out some high school, college, you know, things, and then maybe even adjust the play based off of what I saw slightly off of you know the, the film that I saw. So, this this is a time of year where you have time to kind of develop some of those thoughts, uh -huh. and then you know we'll put them into action here in the next few weeks and see if we can't get some stuff, you know. Uh, Make it into the book. Run and make it into the book. But there's, I would say that process is a process that goes on throughout the year. You know, you're always trying to acquire different ways to do things, and you'll be amazed at what you can copy off of every level of football and use for us. We're amazed by how much the players love those little Easter eggs, like how excited they, just like you guys do, they yeah. can't wait to put them into practice. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite movies, Little Giants. You know, the, the O'Shea, uh, they're, they're the coaches. And they have some good deceptive trick plays that that again you can gain stuff from everywhere. So I don't you might might, might might see some of that stuff show up from the Little Giants movie. Pay attention to the, the annexation of Puerto Rico. <laughs> Coach, it is uh, it is great talking to you, my friend. We appreciate yes. your time. Can't wait to see you guys get back to work here soon and uh, get back out on the field and see all this. Yeah, stuff. thanks for having me. And again, you can you can hear it in my voice. This is an exciting time. I'm ready to go. Nothing better than, than getting your players here in the building. Uh, obviously, we look forward to more of a normal offseason this year than we've ever had, but what a great opportunity to be able to work with your players. And, again, our job as a coach is to try to get these guys better, and that's what we'll do starting Monday. We, get, we are in good hands, to say the least. Very uh, what, lucky. What a privilege to have yes. wide receiver coach and pass game coordinator Chad O'Shea with us here in studio. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Certainly a lot of bad advice out there about gambling from secret methods to picking lottery numbers to betting big when you're on a roll. The myths can lose you money, get you in a lot of trouble. So before you wager, find out what's real and what isn't at KeepItFunOhio.com. Just had the great Chad O'Shea in studio with us. It was fun talking to him. Um, that room is one that is going to be evolving, clearly. I mean, there just aren't yes. enough in there. Amari's at the top of it. Uh, certainly there's... I mean, anytime I see something from Jarvis, I'm excited because we love Jarvis, but who knows on that front? Uh, but I saw that, you know, you see the tweet uh, this week uh, calling himself a Martian for the catch of the, uh, the All-22 that he set out for Which is amazing. Practice, which is just an absurd so catch. So funny. Um, but that, that was fun. Um, but this is a room that, you know, we talk about it in the draft. Unlike everybody else who's doing mock drafts, we like to think receiver or defensive ends, probably the lock at 44, it seems like. Um, but it, he needs some more dudes, and he needs another. Yeah. I think I think he needs another big. He needs a big guy in there. Yeah, whether think, it's a pick at forty four or bringing somebody of the graybeards on, that's kind of where you're at. Yeah, I think you want somebody else on the outside, and then you want somebody who's a you know more of a dedicated slot. And Demetric Felton, I think, is going to get an opportunity uh, in the slot this year as well. We ran out of time there; we didn't get to get to Demetric, who is I think going to take on more of a receiver role in twenty twenty two. Even though he did that last year, but still a split in time. I think this year he w he won't be splitting as much time. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think that is a room, though, where you're going to get more guys in there. I'm excited, though. You know, I'm excited for Donovan Peoples-Jones in year three to be playing with a quarterback like Deshaun Watson. I think you look at – just go look at the, the list of guys for the Houston Texans in the year 2020. And in the year 2020, Deshaun Watson led the NFL in passing. And the reason I say that is because it, it's not necessarily a ton of household names – in terms of the guys that led that team in receiving yards that year. And so you look at who who was he throwing the football to? Is that still still who was there at that point? So in that in that season in 2020, he threw the ball. He had 11 Hopkins was gone at that point. 1150 yards of Brandon Cooks. Fuller played in 11 oh, games. Yeah, he had 879. Uh then you had a bunch of guys. He got 400 yards out of Jordan Aikens. He got 441 yards out of Randall Cobb, 400 yards out of Kiki Kute. 236 from Chad Hansen. Our old guys, Darren Fells, had two, 312 and four. Farrell Brown had 163. Kenny Stills had played in a few games, but only had 144. You got the six, four, 300 out of Duke Johnson, 300 out of David Johnson. So it wasn't like it was a number one receiver no, pass catching core in, in the yeah. league. Yeah, post Hopkins. And, and yet he was able to get a lot out of them. So I think for anybody who's a receiver on our team, now you're excited about the possibility to be elevated <clears throat> with Deshaun Watson, at quarterback. And, and I think you also want to get him great talent as well. And so it's a, it's a, it's a good situation that the Browns are in a draft that is loaded for receivers rounds one through four. Uh, it's a great draft in terms of the edge position as well early on in the draft, one through four. And so when you think about the, the needs of this football team, it lines up, you know, very, very well for that. And for the Browns, you got to be – I think you got to be pretty darn excited about that. Yeah, certainly. And be, be very curious to see what that room looks like when all is said and done. Uh, we officially signed Josh Dobbs, so that's done as well. Um, how about Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter? The whole shebang now? The whole thing. Hey, he wouldn't go on the board. No, he made an offer today for $41 billion, which is 54 bucks a share, which is what he's willing to pay for it. He said it's his, his best and final for the whole company, $41 billion. He wants it. So if you're the position of that board and you will get very rich and your shareholders will get wealthy as well, but you were also at a stock price of 78 I want to say, last – you were in the 70s last fall. You've been in the 60s relatively recently. Um, do you try to outsmart him knowing that if you turn him down, the stock will crash? That's it right. feels like that's a lock. Yeah. If you turn him down, it crashes. But yeah, he's, he's trying to buy Twitter. Made an offer today. Incredible. Incredible. With a spare 41 billion. Tom Brady already tweeted at him and said, if you buy this, can you take down, find it and take down my <laughs> the draft <laughs> picture? It's good. It's good. That's pretty good. He could make that happen. Yeah. He can do anything he wants. I mean, he's. Well, that's right. You know. He doesn't want to sit on the board, though. There well, was talk of him being no, their board. He didn't want to sit on their board. He yeah. wants to be the only board. He wants to be. A the, board of one yeah. is what he wants. He wants to be Stark Industries is what he wants. Um, it's fascinating, though, because I don't know. It, I use Twitter every day because I use it. At, I had somebody tweet me this this morning. They They said, it's my newspaper. Right, right. Like, and that's what I use it for. Same. I use it for. I have it up during our show. Same, because it's if something happens, I'll see it there. It's like a running live in the old days in AP Wire. So that that's my usefulness for it. Exactly. But I got to tell you, none of I got ki parents who have kids in high school, middle, nothing. They're not on Twitter at all. Um, none of like my wife's friends are on it. A lot of my dudes are on it for like sports, yeah, politics, that. But not a lot of, of like my wife's friends are on it. I just wonder like what is that what is the future of the platform? 
It's a good question. It's going to have to, I mean, you know, you've, you've got Instagram, you have TikTok that I think would be skewing more to the demographics you were describing that are not as prevalent on Twitter. And I think, you know, if it's him, he's going to figure out ways to make it all of the above. Now, I don't know if there is a platform that can actually be all of those things, but that would be my guess is he's going to evolve. He's, he's making the investment from a standpoint that I'm going to continue to make money off of it. And he's a pretty smart guy. For sure. And, you know, he would, I mean, I think he would, we, we know that it, what his criticisms of it have been. And so he'll eliminate those things, not just an edit button, but obviously, you know, the, the some of the censorship and stuff that's gone on, open all that stuff up would be sure. my guess. But if you're them, it's it's a tough spot if you're that bored. Yeah. Because it feels like an offer you can't refuse. But at the same time, you might feel like you're worth more. Right. Going forward. So I don't know. It, I, it's a, it's, it's one of those things that I think in our business, maybe we overvalue it in our business because, and we've talked about this, you know, just sure. behind the curtain, we've talked about it a lot. Like it's the same several people tweeting at you all the time. Like, it's not like, you know, I'm not constantly seeing new people. It's the same people over and over and over for the majority. You get some new ones, but the more majority, it's the same type of people we see over and over again. And we, you know, there are Twitter friends or whatever, and you interact with them and that's great. But in terms of a lot of people growing beyond passive. that, I think a lot of people are passive on Twitter to your point where they're on yeah. to get their information to follow who they want, but they're not necessarily trying to interact as much as it is a one way street of information flowing to them yes. more than an interactive platform. Yeah. Which would be very different from the other ones that we're talking about. Sure. Certainly Facebook and uh, especially where there's that interaction and the comments and all of that. You don't have all of that. Right. But it's fascinating. 10% to all of it. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, CBD mail, big day. Tweet us your questions uh, at Browns Daily. Use the Ask CBD. We'll get as many as we can. We'll do that at 2.30. We go around the league. Coming up next, you're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family-owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer or as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more on that front. As we go around the league, the Dallas Cowboys become the first NFL team to add digital currency platform as a sponsor on Wednesday, agreeing to a long-term deal with Blockchain.com. While fans will not yet be allowed to use cryptocurrency at AT&T, they will have the opportunity to earn exclusive fan experiences that include trips to away games and even and events hosted by players. Former Cowboy, the great Des Bryant, who once made an appearance on this program, Suns Out, Guns Out. That's right, he did. I forgot about uh, that. A huge crypto guy. So I'm not surprised that the Cowboys are, are into this. Didn't all. Odell take his money in crypto and then they basically he basically worked for free? There was a report about that, yeah, with where Bitcoin went from the time that he was there. But listen, he's holding it. He's not forced to get to get rid of it. So there it is. By the way, didn't we make hard knocks for that? Uh... You're darn right we did. Suns Out, Guns Out made it onto hard knocks. I was going to say. Yeah, you're absolutely – you bet your butts. One of, the, one, of the, <laughs> one of the weirder interactions we've ever had on this show. Weirder? It was great. Were you – how did that happen? How did that come about? Did he just Pretty take- sure he was walking Simon. by. He was walking with Simon. And we were like, Simon got him in. We're like, hey, come on over. So he's walking by on a visit. On a visit. And Simone was just like, hey, come well, see my we friends. Looked at, we looked at him. I we're like, hey, come on in. Helpful. And next thing you know, Simon wa- he, he walked he, in. 
I think he told Simon, get me in that studio. That looks like there's cameras and mics and yeah, I he came on anyway. Exchange some pleasantries. I remember it hug. from the hard knocks. Yeah. yeah. I was that was my first season here. But I don't know where why Were I You had, on vacation, maybe? No, because been, that would have been prior to. Prior to when I started? Yeah, you started like when the season started. But I was on hard knocks because there's a there was an image of of Moose walking by and me sitting in here in the opening, but maybe you were so, in here for the other show. Maybe that was taped earlier in the day. Oh, I bet you're right. I bet you have that right. I bet I was. Yeah, you're. I bet you have that. Yep. Because, yeah, you're right. Because I didn't start like on the show. You and I did shows did that shows. summer. Yeah, yeah. But then it was off. And then did we did we first do the show like week of of the first game? First week sure was the Monday. Yep. Leading into Monday game into one. Into game is one. when it was. And away we go. Yeah, yeah, that was it. The big beast. Yeah, we were at a mall that Friday. Remember that? We were in Strongsville at the mall. Oh, I remember that. Denzel Ward was our first uh, guest. Yeah. We were right, if I want to say, was it like a where I'm from? Yes. T-shirt, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's how that worked. We were there. That's right. I remember driving up to that mall. I'm like, where are we? (laughs) Where are we? What are we doing, man? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. I do remember that. And now this year, hopefully hopefully in May this year, we'll be from the, the... the flight deck, the flight deck of a yeah. of a battleship. You think? I, 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 not an number one. It's not a battleship. What's that? It's not a battleship. It's the newest. I thought he said class it was a battleship. I read it. Is it a cruiser? No, it's a new. It's not it's a an new, aircraft it's, carrier, but I, it is no. a battleship. Is it not? It's not the battleship that you're thinking of with like the main the guns and. No, that's like, an aircraft carrier. No, aircraft carriers no. are planes. Battleship's the one that's got like the four. It's a it's an attack ship. It's oh not boy. a destroyer. It's, how do you? How have you become the foremost knowledge? It's a on literal. Ships, you know? I think they call them. Uh, Are you the for? It appears you might be. You have a de- you have a destroyer. You have a cruiser. You have a submarine. You have it's a an, battleship. It's a literal you have an combat carrier. ship. That's what I told you. It's an LCS combat ship. Literal L I T T O R A L. So th- is this part of their fleet week here, or? Um, by the way, uh, and I believe it will be the Minneapolis St. Paul second ship to bear the name. The first was a submarine commission in nineteen. 19- 84, the LCS construction split between two shipyards. The Freedom variant ships are designated with odd numbers built in Marinette. The Independence variants are designated with even numbers and built in Alabama. All right, I'm going to say this. So this is semantics. So Previtz tells me it's a warship. Yes. I said battleship. Yeah, but a battleship is a... Right, but battle and war. I mean, I understand there's no room for semantics in the Navy. I get it. You got to be precise. This is what a battleship looks like. That guy. With the big guns that can shoot like right, but battle missiles. And... Yeah, I understand that. Yes, a battleship is a designation. He tells me I'm a big ship. B and well done. You are so yeah. That's where he's at with that. And he's he's in here. It's an I mean, LCS. I, I, I'm f- I think I, he's given me a big B. I'm I, the only I, one who dropped an LCS. I think I, I, I wasn't talking that. about a league championship series. I would be fine. If it, we, we're going to probably need to start talking some logistics. At some point, because that, that is not a uh, that is not a just walk up and set up, I feel like, on a ship. I feel like there's a few steps we got to get through. Not that Previs can't get us there, but from a technical standpoint, I'm going to need to. It's a great-looking ship. It is. It's beautiful. Yeah, you're right. And the other thing you'd have to factor into that is weather. Like what wind, happened? Sure. You mean, the wind coming you off. You know the weather here is going to be yeah. pure what do you crap. Mean? It's, look outside. Yeah, this morning in a deluge. That's right. Can't wait. This morning. Yeah. And what do we have this weekend? 40s? 90 and sunny where I'm going. Where are you going? Florida. God bless you. You are. You're Del Boca Vista bound. He leave, is. Leave tomorrow. Back Tuesday Seinfeld. afternoon. 
guy's Marty Seinfeld. It's I've got to figure out how to be more like Gibbe. He's constantly making that trip down to the south. Meantime, I'm going to be in Chagrin Falls, freezing, 8 a.m. playing lacrosse Saturday. That's how it's going for me. Again, if you're at Hudson, get up in the press box. <sighs> I'm not. Does, does Chagrin have a press box? I can they get do. Into? Yeah, they, they do. Should. They have a very nice one. Beautiful. I don't find that I'm welcome very warmly there, the way that I feel I should be, considering my relationship with you. That I should, I feel like well, I should have your I mean, privileges. In maybe, that town. maybe Segura is not. They don't know. They don't even really. I, I'm in Bentleyville. No big deal. Well, same. I mean, it's close, right? Close. It's, I mean, you're right around the bend. Yes. Miss K, you'd have to go through Miss K. She went to Chagrin Falls. Those are her people. Those are her people. Yeah. So you got to drop her name, not yeah. his. Because exactly. Is I don't... she known as Miss K? Be like, listen, Miss K. Listen, Miss K. Yeah. Come on. Everyone's got to know. Uh, all right, Gibby, you, you tell us this is an interesting piece of, uh, of conversation from Joel Corey, a good piece at CBSSports.com. So writes you, the next wave of big-name wideouts in line for a payday. Here is the question from Gibby. If the annual incoming wide receiver classes continue to be of such high value, what is the value going to be of the current wide receivers already in the league if you can just draft another one on a rookie deal instead of paying the current wideouts $20 million a year? You're seeing it play out. You are seeing yeah, it I play mean, out. That's, play if, out. if these wide receiver classes – I mean, this, this year is supposed to be 15 to 20 deep, and I'm like, well – why would you? Why would you pay? Well, one is you know you have to have great trust in your ability to scout. But the the poster child for this right is the Minnesota Vikings trading Stephon Diggs, who was getting paid by the Buffalo Bills, and then they just drafted drafted Justin Jefferson. But you got to make sure you draft the Justin Jefferson. That exact scenario is one that I think will play out a lot because it is one where the Bills were an elite receiver away. Yep, they could not leave it to chance. Yep. They were at a point in Josh Allen's development where they had to have it now. And by doing so, they knew Stephon Diggs was a sure thing. That's right. Lock. Know what he is. Put him here, it'll work. And they, for them, that was worth it. So that scenario, I think, will play out. You will see more of those type of things where it's like, you know what? We're not paying him $20 million a year. We know what he is. We like him, but it's, he's not a necessity for us. The way, and, that, and the way that that played out in Minnesota, that's – and they – now, they crushed it by landing Jefferson. Like, you're probably not going to always get somebody that good. But – Correct. But you, you, that scenario is one that I think will play out. And I think what you're seeing is with the, – the, the biggest thing that's happened in the last decade of the league is, is – and it's most obvious from the receiver position – is pro – high school and college concepts have become pro concepts. <laughs> You heard it from Chad O'Shea earlier on the show. Forever, the pro game tried to bend the college and high school game once they had been brought up through this way of thinking and this way of being coached, bend into the pro game. And in the last decade or so, that's changed. And now the pro game really resembles what we see in high school football, what we see in college football. High school football actually set the tone for all of this. High school football was the first one that said, hey, what are we doing? Like, and it, it usually happened in smaller communities. And they say, look, we don't have the physicality. Let's spread it out. Let's spread it out. Let's spread We're it fast. out. Look, and let's spin it. Look, and that's it. Look at Menor High School yeah. here. Their rise under under Coach Trevisano. They were always a good team. Yeah. Look at my high school. Team. If it wasn't for a blizzard, be a state champion. He would have been. Sad. Hate to see it. It's outrageous. What is unbelievable kind of stroke of you, bad luck. You saying that the Friday night practice before was perfect. The ball didn't touch the ground. Ball didn't touch the ground. Everyone tight spiral didn't matter. 
three straight onside kicks not recovered to start the game. Bounced right off the return team. Down 18 nothing before you ever took a snap. It's hard to chase in, in a grapple snowstorm. The bo- It's grapple. impossible. Fantastic. It's impossible, and it's sad. It's one of those things like if it had snow that day. Who knows? Life would have been different. We'd have been state champs, there's no doubt. Not a doubt, no doubt in my mind. mind. I could throw it over that mountain. Yeah, Did no you – um? What, what was the movie with uh, – there was a movie with Robin Williams, a football movie with Robin Williams and um, Kurt Russell and maybe Goldie Hawn? Wow. No, 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 Cats? definitely. Yeah, that one. Where she's the coach? Well, no, is Goldie that the Hawn's one? No, the no, coach? no, that's not it. That's different. I'm merging them because her and Russell are together. There's one with Russell and Robin Williams where they relive the moment where they blew it. You blew it, boy, in the championship game. Williams is the receiver, and they wanted to see what would happen if we actually did it. And then they replayed it. And it changed their lives. Is it the best of times? I, Man, that one was that missed the best me. of times in 86 comedy with Robin Williams. That's it. I, I, I never, I don't Yeah, believe. Kurt Russell, Robin Williams. I was much more of a necessary roughness guy in that era. Yeah, this, I, this was one of those ones that was in the early days of HBO would just <laughs> pop up on a, on a rotation. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that, you know, they had the rights to it, so this would pop up. Uh, but, yeah, Kurt Russell and, and Robin Williams. Reno Hightower. Kurt Russell played Reno Hightower. Great name. Great name. By the way, in addition to doing CBD from an aircraft carrier, which it won't be, but from an LCM, literal combat ship, or an LCS, Thank I'm you. sorry, we need to do CBD from Venice, Italy, as part of <laughs> the world's team, as part of our world's team tour. A stop in Venice, Italy. Why wouldn't we? First of all, all right. Gibbe, are you opposed? I'm not opposed, but I'm definitely not making the ask. That's all, right. all you. Well, hey, let me oh, tell what you. What do we get it paid for? What do you get to get a sponsorship on that? Let me tell you why. Oh, speaking of, I have a great idea. Courtesy of the kid. That's next. But right now, just so you know, why we need to go to Venice in particular, this program, and right. you, Bo Bishop. Okay. A hotel association in Venice, Italy, is hatching plans to fend off aggressive and annoying gulls. Although some hoteliers are already... What did already you say? Annoying gulls. Gulls? Yes, like, like seagulls. G-O-L-L-S. Yes, yes, gulls. Although some hoteliers are already taking matters into their own hands by equipping guests with pistols to shoot yeah. water at the marauding birds. Wait, wait, shoot water at them? Water, yes. Yeah. You have to have a water gun and you have to shoot at birds. The that's omnipresence fun, of the, the goals boys. in the famous Lagoon City has become increasingly problematic over the last few years. One recently snatched an ice cream from a young tourist as she walked across St. Mark's Square. So entertaining through the scene was for onlookers. The Venice Hotelier Association finally had enough. They organized a seminar to come up with ideas to deter the food snatchers from outside dining areas. And now people have, like, these water Uzis. And as soon as they see the pistols, they're flying away. You don't even need to use them. You just need to flash your piece. And keep it on the table, and they're out. Beautiful. So we could go do that and be in Italy. Maybe we'll hit Florence on the way back. Let's go have a water gun fight in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like a good place to have one. I told you how effective the water balloons were on the geese. Incredible. Gone when they when they see those things, they're gone. I love this. I think this is fantastic. You know, we had to when we when we were down in the Caribbean. um, There was a. There was a, one place that we ate that had incredibly aggressive birds that if you got up from a table to use a restroom, they were on it. They were right on it. And I'm like, you know what? This is a nuisance. And you got to eradicate these things, man. They're hurting your business. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was no fun. I mean, what if they had just given you a nice little water pistola? It's great. I love it. I think that's great.
That's great. So here's the idea from You cannot let the birds think they belong. Right. You can't allow it. Gibbe, don't you think this is just well again, we're just spitballing here, folks, okay? But courtesy of this is courtesy of the kid yesterday. Okay. He says I know that we do we do the Browns Foundation golf outing, but how about one day a CBD golf outing? Yep. Do we have people out there? Tweet us. Do we have people out there that would be interested in playing some golf with the, with the crew and having like a, a CBD golf tournament golf outing? Let us know if there's an appetite. What would be the format that we would want to do? Where how would we want to do the format? Where would we want to play? Uh, well, that what that's, would the so I would I think is there, you know people get foursomes sure and then you we would probably each be stationed on like one of our holes so we get to play like a hole with every every group. And we'll do the show like one to three. We'll do that in the afternoon. Then we'll finish it up with like a Gibbe barbecue. Little Gibbe barbecue. I mean, he's not going to turn it down. This guy loves an outing. How many outings you put together at uh, at ESPN Cleveland through the years? How many outings have you been involved with? I I was the marketing guy when we started the Riz outing, and we were delayed for five hours because of rain. And they we were out of Bud Light. I would say two hours into the five hour delay. Um. Yeah, I've I've thrown some golf outings. I've also thrown my own golf outings. See, I um, knew this would be in your wheelhouse. Yeah. So what do you the, think the golf this? outing that I used to throw, I'm not going to go into all the details um, <laughs> because there's some pretty spectacular moments, a.k.a. them having to come get us off the golf course because there was a literal tornado a mile away and we refused to come in because we were playing the greatest round of our lives, but none of us knew our names. Um, and maybe someone was passed out on a hole, but that's neither here, neither nor, here there. nor there. Yeah. Um, but literally, we the one year I did a four-man scramble with my group of fr- friends. Yeah, it'd be scrambles. Yeah. And for every beer you drank, up to 44 beers were strokes off of your team's final score. All right. <laughs> that's not for our outing. This is a classy... <laughs> what are you doing? Give me. It's like give yeah, me. I don't know you if you want me running are, your golf. Sometimes out. you and a live mic are just very, very dangerous. It's a very dangerous combination. What I'm I mean, saying, people were like six, we sixty under co- par. But good already, news, they couldn't golf. People are already <laughs> saying that they're in for this golf outing. Give me. All right. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's not what we're having for our golf outing. Give me. All right. I if, can if run you, you, I can run you a very rules, nice one. I can run this, you a formal then one. Then it but... needs to be sponsored by Uber, and there needs to be yeah. Ubers for everybody, too. Oh, we had, a, we had transportation of course you that did. day. Of course I had did. arranged that. And then we had a keg for a pay-per-view boxing match that night. Be, that's house. what people needed at that point. More, more. beer. Give them more. more beer. It was more a beer. poor choice looking back on it. but. <laughs> oh, my God. I love this. Um, people yeah, are in. I'm, I'm, well, I think there would be. I think it would be a – I think it would be a lot of fun. Um, wh- when would we do it? When would be the? T- you'd have to do it in June, post post mandatory mini camp. Yeah, like right after pre training like camp. The last, the last, right after the, the third week in June. Yeah, that's when it would have to be. I think there's something to this, Gibby. Much you? We could. Adams sure. in. So many are in. Adams Everybody's in. in. Do it at Glen Eagles. Make it a foursome. How about twosomes? Uh, How about two twosomes or two twosomes, four onesomes? <laughs> <laughs> that's like that. Uh, that's good. How about good two twosomes and two onesomes, or one twosome and two onesomes? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I don't. Where is Glen Eagles? Is that over on the west side? I'm sure. That's a Twinsburg. Oh, really? I think so. My neck of the woods. I, I mean, so. there. I mean, there's so many 
so many golf course complexes around. I mean, I'd love to do a Boulder Creek because I just love the track. Again, perfect. Perfect. Quick commute. Perfect yeah, Glen Eagles is in Twinsburg. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. So, so something again, something to ponder here. I think something it's, to think about. What would the what would the kid get for for being the the idea birthing from his loins? Probably I mean, a few be, extra strokes in his match play with Zagur every week. You know, it's funny. On so on the group, I'm on a group chat. Is he aware? Yeah, like how he's being besmirched, besmirched. And like the first thing, like Sims just laughed and goes, "Like we all know, it, like his handicap is legit as it could possibly be." So Sims vouches for the handicap a hundred percent because we all play with him. So sometimes he's really, really good, and sometimes he's not as good. Yeah. But every time he plays you, I feel like he wins. One-on-one, I typically get him. But many, I would say, we bring out the best in each other. And so many of the times that it's he and I one-on-one, we could both, like, his all-time lows have all come one-on-one with me. So it brings out, sometimes it brings out greatness. But when your handicap's a little higher, there's a little potential for more variance in your game. But it's not like if he was a pure sandbagger, okay, me and him as a team would be undefeated. We would have never lost. And we have lost, I hate to say. The handicap system's a tough one. It's just tough. Like last year, I had a career year. And I've, we were joking. The kid, the kid was joking after all of these, uh, you know, the accusations against him. He said he's getting all his mental reps in. And his goal this year is to try to make, you know, four figures on the golf course. That he's already up 50, so he's on, he's on a pace to get there. Uh, and I said, you know, my goal this year is just to uh, continue to have another career year and lose only hundred, mere hundreds. Mere hundreds, yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing better in Did golf. Did you win the club championship? There's nothing better. I, it's always into the football season, so I never even get to play it, which is stinks. Um, but there's nothing better than going out and shooting like a 70 and being like, oh, here, here, person who shot 84, take all my money. It's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it feels great. Yeah. That's only sport in the world where that happens. Yeah. There's another sport in the world. Where it evens out. More than even. Well, I mean, it's basically what I do with the boys. Like, I don't let them block Bootsy. I don't let them steal it from him. So I handicap him. Okay. And then I'd. But, like, if you went to, like, go play. I couldn't do that at, like, go to an OHSAA event and say, hey, you can't steal it from right. him. If you went and played, shot. played ball at the park, you but weren't like, hey, a gentleman's man, agreement. Like, let, it's, let us know. start. Let us start at 14 in our game to 21. Okay. Well, that doesn't happen. Simmons was talking about that on the NBA stuff. Like, if you were under 500, you'd have to start the play-in game, like, down 15 because you don't deserve to be in the playoffs if you're under 500. I kind of like that rationale. I, I just don't do. think, I you think should, that's fair. I, I think, think that's pretty you, good. I think you have to be over 500 to just get into the play-in game. Otherwise, you're automatically out. Yeah. You're going to have them in, like, handicap it a little bit. <laughs> I'm not crazy about that Hawks team coming in here Friday, by the way. There we go. Did this they is... change anything, by the way? Are no. we switching? Guardians no. didn't move? Everyone's seven and being se- seven and seven thirty. Oh. It's outrageous. Chris says, I've already got a foursome ready to drive up from Columbus. Let's go. Gibbet, you're on this. You are you're being tasked with this. Yeah, I'll add it to my list. Add it to his list. Previtz says warship is the battleship as football player is to wide receiver. A battleship is a type of warship. A wide receiver <sighs> is a type of football player. So a battleship is specific. It's a specific thing. That's all we're saying. But I understand what you what, where you're getting at. I understand where you're going. Well, that's why I said that. That's why I acknowledged when I said it. War and battle semantics. There is no room for semantics when the United States Navy Mm-mm. finite. Mm-mm. So that's that's where that goes. Uh, all right, we'll do a little draft conversation coming up next. Before we do that, though, if a car, truck, or motorcycle accident causes you injury, call the injury lawyers at one eight hundred Elk Ohio for a free case review. Elk and Elk's a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. Yeah, it's like if we were saying a war plane or a fighter plane, like an F sixteen and F eighteen. 
and F-14 are all fighter planes, but they're all no, I get it. unique. I get it. That's why yeah. I said when I yeah. said it that oh, I understand boy. that there are semantics That's and right. there are no room for semantics. No, very but war and battle are the same thing. Although they often talk about you can lose the battle, but win the win war. Win the war. Right. So maybe war is bigger. War is bigger than battle. Yeah, valid. Jordan Reed up next. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. My friends, the Bath Authority can give your bathroom a place of dreams and you can transform it into a spa-like experience with the Bath Authority. Place it's of dreams. Place of dreams. It's Sounds amazing. Spa-like. You got to see what these guys can do with the Jets, man. It's unbelievable. They can make it a reality you for a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland's premier bath and shower remodeler, expert, factory trained installers. They've got them. 500 bucks off now. Your next custom bath or shower remodel at 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. The largest selection of bath projects. You can change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding. You can do it in about a day at 216-220-8399 or thebathauthority.com. 500 bucks off right now. And now wow. we're on the hotline to be joined by Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. Seven-round mock. So I always want to know the backstory of this, Jordan. Do you view this of this is what I would do if I were picking here or this is what I think they will do? It's kind of a little bit of a mixture of both, honestly. And first and foremost, appreciate you guys for having me on, of course. It's always a pleasure. But, always a pleasure. Um, yeah, of course. Of course, I always love joining you guys and talking Browns. But it's a little bit of a mixture of both, honestly. Andrew Barry and then the front office, they have some things that are some tendencies that they have revealed in the past that they like to go by. So I like to keep that in mind, especially when I'm picking for each team. And it's not just the Browns, it's each team when I'm going through my seven-round mop. Jordan, as you look at this from the Browns' perspective, let's start with what you see as going into the draft with what we have right now. How would you kind of categorize and rank the three biggest needs? Um, I think wide receiver. I think that would be the one that is at the top. I think they have a huge need there. Uh, they had some big losses this offseason. Also some big additions getting Amari Cooper, him coming over from Dallas, losing Odell, of course, midseason, and also Jarvis Landry. We'll see how that situation shakes out. But they're lacking some depth in some spots. Jakeem Grant, I think he's more of a special teams guy. I don't think you want him at the top of your depth chart as far as a receiver that you're relying on consistently as far as a down-to-down threat. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to step into a bigger role this year. So I think wide receiver is a big need. Then I will go with edge rusher, defensive end. I think they can get some more depth there. And even along the defensive line, I think defensive tackle is another area that they could look to sure. address too. When you were going through at 44, and, and Bo and I have seen, you know, we I think we couldn't agree with you more on the three biggest needs being, you know, receiver edge and interior of the defensive line. As you think of kind of just like the way Andrew Barry would look at it, I'm having a hard time and tell us, maybe you can educate us about Winfrey seeing an interior defensive lineman at 44 that wouldn't be considered a plus pass rusher. And that of the three needs that felt like the third one to me. And I've seen a lot of mocks and you have Perry and Winfrey. I know had a great, great senior bowl. Uh, how did you kind of go through that and make the decision? Let's just say in this case, in your mock to go with Perry and Winfrey on the inside and then, I want to run and, and go grab David Ajabo if he's there because, you know, in my mind, hopefully we get Clowney back, but he's a guy that could have been a first-rounder. And, you know, A.B. so far, he gets first-rounders in the second round. Delpit two years ago and uh, last year, Jeremiah Wusukoromo. 
Yeah, I think when I was going through the mock, I think you just have to weigh where the drop-off is at certain positions. And I just thought there was a steeper drop-off at interior defensive line. So I thought, let's go ahead and grab that guy when I also can get some value in the third round at a wide receiver. I had the Browns taking a wide receiver in the third round. So I just thought the value was a little bit better as far as interior defensive line just because there's a huge drop-off at that position in the third and the fourth rounds. It's kind of top-heavy, as you can see. With guys like Jordan Davis, Travis Jones, the list goes on and on. Some of those interior defensive linemen. After that third round range, that's really where the drop off happens. But with wide receiver, I think there's some value that you can get in the third and the fourth round. And with the Browns having two or three picks in um, the third and the fourth round combined, I just thought they can get a better pick of the litter there as opposed to interior defensive line. Let's go ahead and get that. So, so then based on that, the, the Perry and Winfrey. Let's talk about him specifically because this is an. It's certainly seen his name in mocks. Uh, but but from your vantage point, there is there is big there is value with him specifically there. Nathan, and I have, have talked about that. If there was somebody who fell and it it superseded positional need, being defensive end and wide receiver being the ones we need the most, uh, we would we would jump. We could see Andrew Barry jumping on that. What is it about Winfrey specifically that leads you to believe Barry would jump if that were the case? I just think well, first and foremost, something the Browns have taken a liking to, or something that they kind of use as a philosophy, is that they have catered to younger players. Um, yep. I think in Andrew Barry's tenure, he hasn't drafted anybody that is over 22 years old, especially on, on day one and day two of the draft. So Perry and Winfrey being 21 years old, he fits that. He fits inside of that, but also the explosive factor. And then, of course, he fits a position of need, too. He was a little bit underwhelming as far as what the expectations were for him for him coming into the year. He was projected to be a tail end of the first round guy, but he just never lived up to that height. And that that goes for the entire Oklahoma defense. They really took a step back after having so many names uh, in that in that unit overall that you really never lived up to the height. But what you notice about Winfrey is that he shows a lot of flashes and spurts. And this is a big time player coming into Oklahoma. He was the number one ranked JUCO recruit in the country coming into Oklahoma. So obviously the talent has always been there with him but he just needs to get uh he needs to get with a position coach that really can get all those ingredients together to where he can string together successful years and i think his best football is ahead of him he just was never able to show that at oklahoma consistently if the browns were to go let's call it edge at 44 and go pierce in the third and then maybe use a defense tackle at the end of third something like that what edges would you be looking for if you are the browns at 44 or 40, yeah, yeah, 44. Um, well, there's one name that really does come to mind, and I think he would be a good fit. I think he's going to go much earlier than a lot of people were expecting. It's Drake Jackson from USC. Yep. Um, I think he's one of the, as far as the bendiest edge rushers in this draft class. His weight has fluctuated a little bit. He's played as low as 240 pounds and got all the way up to 275 at one point. But I thought he, find, he found a really good fine line of as far as what his weight needs to be at. He played it right at 255 pounds last year but he has it as a pass rusher walking through the door he still needs to get a little bit better as far as a run defender but i think once he gets situated as far as his weight uh and his top and his lower half i think would be much better in that department but he just turned 21 years old two days ago so he's one of the younger prospects in this draft class overall too so i think he's one player that could be a little bit higher up on the browns draft boards than maybe even across uh, some of the other teams around the league 
Jordan doing a fantastic job of uh, you talk about the young athletes, which is something AB does. Typically, Power Five schools, yep. big time schools, those are the things that that they tend to like in their high picks. Um, and 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 so Winfrey would check those boxes, obviously both. Uh, we talked Nathan Dice about the defensive end. If there is a receiver, um, do you think there will be a run on them in the first round? And and who is someone who could be around at forty four? And again, we have some ammunition. So if there was someone we love that slipped to the second, you could go up and get them. Um, but it, but if that's not the case, and you're there at forty four. Who would be a good receiver fit at forty four for the Browns? Yeah, I think there's going to be a run on them. Uh, I think we could see as many as six go in the first round right now. Um, I think there's going to be a huge run of these guys, especially once we get into about the 20th pick. I think that's where we'll start to see a bunch of these guys go. Um, and that's what happens in the draft. There's usually a domino effect if everybody tries to come up and get their guys. So one name that does scream Browns to me that I think will be a really good fit, I'm not sure if he's going to be there at 44 just because the stock is really climbing right now, is George Pickens from Georgia. Um, he's one of, once again, he's one of the younger prospects in this class. He's actually still only 20 years old. So really, really young prospect overall had the ACL tear back last March in spring practices, played the last four games of the season is a vertical threat, which is something I think the Browns want to get better at as far as open up that third level of the field, tall, lanky, rangy receiver at about six foot three, 200 pounds reminds you a lot of AJ green as far as from a body type perspective. Um, but I think just his ability to go up and attack the football and then just how well he would be able to unlock the down-the-field portions of the Browns' offensive attack, I think Pickens will be a really good fit in Stefanski's offense. Yeah, 6'3", a lot of size. You like that, and that would be an interesting one. If the Browns do go edge or interior and you go to the third round, you liked Alec Pierce a lot, 6'3". And, you know, who whose game does he remind you of and what does he bring? Is he a guy that could develop into a true X in this offense? Yeah, I think so. And we just came out with a NFL comparisons piece for 10 draft prospects across this draft class. And his comparison was Jordy Nelson, the famous Green Bay Packers wide receiver. And I, yeah. think that, I think he's a mirror image of him as far as from an athletic standpoint. He's a, I would say, a B-plus level route runner. But where he wins is just he's so good with tracking the ball in the air. He goes up. He's very aggressive at the catch point, too. Once again, another one of these young prospects, still only 21 years old. So I think A.B. is going to be a big fan of him. And then he's one of those guys that could be there for them at 44 if they want to take him that high. I don't think he's going to be there at 78 just because of how well he tested. So if they want to maybe potentially trade back if they're comfortable from 44 at taking him, or they may even be comfortable at 44 taking him just because of how well he did test and then the production to back it up, too. And then you you factor in his age as well. They may be comfortable taking him at 44. Jordan, let's let's step away from us for a second and, and just the draft in general. And and one thing that we thought would happen at the Combine is that there would you'd talk yourself into some of these quarterbacks. And you just – you certainly see how, how when quarterbacks are on the market, how NFL teams react to that. And you have that happening. I mean, you've got Malik Willis going number two to Detroit. Uh, you got Kenny Pickett going to Carolina early as well. So you have two in the top six. Um, what what do you make? It, are these are these quarterbacks being overdrafted, or do you think this is an appropriate place, or is this more about need? Uh, I think it's a combination of need and then also teams just having a, of course, having a need for a quarterback. And then I would say this class is a little bit underwhelming just because we've been spoiled with really good quarterback classes over the past three years. And we kind of knew who the number one overall pick was going to be, whether it was Kyler Murray in 20, uh, 2019, excuse me, Joe Burrow two years ago, and obviously last year with Trevor Lawrence. That's what makes the draft so intriguing when you have these top quarterbacks at the top. 
you know and you have so much intrigue as far as where these guys are going to land. But it's so much different. This year, we not only don't know who the number one pick is going to be, whether it's Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, or somebody else, we don't know who the first quarterback is going to be and then who could be that first team that takes the quarterback too. So I think that's what makes this draft so compelling, and it's a huge mystery right now. Speaking of mysteries for the Cleveland Browns, bringing it back to us real quickly, finding a kicker to replace Phil Dawson has been a challenge. The Browns have invested draft capital on it twice. They've seen a team in their division select Evan McPherson and go on to be great for the Bengals. Is there a kicker? And the reason I come to this is because I see you have the Browns taking Cade York from LSU. But is there a kicker in this draft that could become the long-term answer for the Browns? Yeah, I think either Cade York or Cameron Dicker definitely could be one of those guys. Cade York was one of the rare cases of a kicker that actually declared early for the draft. You very rarely see a kicker come out early, uh, especially after three years, which is what he played at LSU. And the Browns have been searching for a kicker for a very long time, but I think York definitely could fit the billing um, of having or having that long-term replacement um, and holding down that spot for the Cleveland Browns. So I like York a lot. I think he could be one of the first kickers. Off of the board, I think we could see as many as three or four get drafted in this class. And then talk to us qu- quickly about kind of the tight end class. And I think for the Browns, that would be somebody on day three. You didn't have the Browns go in that direction, but if they did, anybody you like? Yeah, I mean, there's plenty in this class. I think we'll start to see the run on tight ends probably early third round. I think that's probably where we'll see uh, the first one go probably late second, early third. I think Trey McBride possibly could be the first one that we see go early on in the second round, but – you know, Kate Otten from Washington is one that I like a lot. I think he could be in the wheelhouse uh, for the Browns. Daniel Bellinger from San Diego State is another one. And even Chig Okonkwo from Maryland, who's more of your F-type tight end and where you can move him around a little bit. I think all those guys could be in the wheelhouse for the Browns. Uh, big picture, Jordan, give me your uh, your top three positions in this draft. What position groups do you like most in this draft? Who's deepest? Who's most talented? Uh, edge rusher, I think by far. I think that's the position that is the deepest from top to bottom. You hear the names at the top, Aiden Hutchinson, Trayvon Walker, Kayvon Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson the second. All those guys could make up four of the top ten picks overall before it's all said and done. So I think edge rusher definitely is at the top. I would go with cornerback after that. I think there's a lot of depth at that position. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, Trent McDuffie, Andrew Booth Jr., the list goes on and on of some of these guys that we'll see go very early on in the first round, probably in the mid to latter half of the first round too. So I think edge rusher and then also cornerback. And then I think it's a toss-up after that. Honestly, you could go wide receiver. I think wide receiver is a little bit top-heavy. I think there's a little bit of a drop-off after the third round. But an underrated position group in this draft, I think overall, is linebacker. Even though we don't have that headliner name, you hear Devin Lloyd and Nicobe Dean, but after that, there's a whole bunch of guys that I think we could see a very quick run on, especially in the second and third round. Quay Walker from Georgia, Christian Harris from Alabama, Chad Muma from Wyoming, and even Troy Anderson from Montana State are just some names that you could hear uh, in the earlier portions of day two and then into the earlier portions of day three. Jordan, if I was going to say to you, the board, because last year, look, nobody thought the Browns would come out with, with Newsom and Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. So I'm going to say the board falls the way that you, as Andrew Barry, wants it to go. What's kind of the ideal first three picks look like in your mind? Um, I think you have to address wide receiver. Uh, I think that's just the area that they're really lacking right now. I think they lack some, lack some depth at that spot. So George Pickens from Georgia, I think that would be a match made in heaven for them if he was able to fall to that spot. Or Alec Pierce, I think either one of those guys could be best-case scenario. 
then after that, you get into a situation of where you could take a defensive lineman, whether it's a Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma, Zachary Carter from Florida, or Matthew Butler from Tennessee. There's so many different ways that they could go uh, with that. And then also, I think linebacker could be another area that they look to address, or even edge rusher. Let's just say edge rusher sticking with the needs of the Browns. Somebody like a MyJ Sanders from Cincinnati, I think he would be a really good fit, or a D'Angelo Malone from Western Kentucky. Some of those guys that are just naturals as a pass rusher, I think the Browns are really lacking. Some of those guys opposite of Miles Garrett that can just pin their ears back and go get the quarterback right now. Jordan, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you, pal. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, guys, as always. All right, that's Jordan Reed, ESPN NFL Draft Analyst. One of the fast risers in this business, by the way, is Jordan. Yes. Pretty meteoric, the rise. And and well-deserved. He backs it up with with what he puts out there. By the way, a little bit of NFL news coming ah. in while we were talking to Jordan. The Seattle Seahawks uh-huh. and quarterback uh-huh. Geno Smith are finalizing a one-year extension worth up to $7 million. Smith will see a bump in pay uh, while throwing for 700 yards, five touchdowns, and one interception while Russell Wilson was out a year ago. So they're making an investment in him. They also have Drew Locke, who they acquired in trade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... That's why, you know, in, in, in regard to Baker, it's going to be have to be probably during the draft, right around, is going to be the thing that's going to end up making the most sense in terms of, of a deal on that side of things. Uh, yep. Plenty of time to get your mailbag questions. There's a lot of them, Gibby. It's a lot for you to siphon through. Been working yeah. on them. Uh, at Browns underscore daily, Gibby will monitor those. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Are your business operations suffering from internal communication breakdown? Bo Bishop here for my friends at EOX Vantage. Their data scientists are also business operations experts. Your EOX Vantage team helps you build a streamlined communication system that brings together your email, chat, internet, announcements, CRM into one clear flow. Your people, including those who work remotely, gain a centralized hub that encourages collaboration. No more disconnected communication methods that leave team members out of the loop or not on the same page. Real, everyday business problems are solved with EOX Vantage. You can see how other business owners are getting everyone on the same page by visiting EOXVantage.com. We do have some movement in the NFL. Sammy Watkins to Green Bay on a deal. Um, so that receiver core gets bolstered a little bit. But they have an opportunity. I mean, I just think about Alave there. Like, that's the perfect yeah, it just gives them some flexibility, and it yeah. gives them uh, another guy to be, you know, in that in the mix. There, former you know top talent guy. I remember we had Dabo, Debo Sweeney on the show, and he was like, "Don't be that guy that passes on Sammy Watkins." He did that for Sammy and for oh yeah, uh, don't be that guy, and for uh, Deshaun. Well, Deshaun, he, he said it was Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sammy, it was just don't be that guy. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah, that passes on him. So he goes there. Uh, I do think that there is there is a strong connection beyond just football. Is that Sammy Watkins insists he's seen an alien spaceship. So he and Aaron Rodgers will have that in they common. They can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. It, <laughs> who do you think will have? Who do you think will miss their former quarterback more, uh, Tyreek Hill in Miami or DeAndre, come on, man, DeAndre in the Raiders, Devontae. 
Devontae. That's sorry, Devontae, yeah. Oh, good. That's a good question. I thought you were going to say Sammy Watkins going no, from no, no, Kansas no, no. City Devontae to – Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. Okay. Or Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. Who's going to miss Mahomes or Rodgers more? There's no question that the answer is Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Because Devontae Adams played with Derek Carr in college, and they were quite good together. Right, and there's also a uh, – while not the same arm talent, Derek Carr doesn't lack – sling the ball. No, he this doesn't is, lack talking, arm talent, whereas yeah. – We're talking here to here versus here to here. Is there a bigger okay. is there a bigger drop in arm talent that he could have gone to? Tyreek Hill could have gone to from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. I mean, Tua's got to have one of the weakest. I mean, I mean, it's in terms of younger players. I mean, Mahomes is yeah. Mahomes. There is no limit to what he can do with a football with his arm. There isn't. It's limitless. I mean, if Tyreek went to like Pittsburgh with Trubisky, yeah, those type of situations, yeah. There's not many. Mm-mm. No. No. I mean, Goff doesn't have a cannon, but he was able to get – when they had Brandon Cooks, he was able to get the ball down the field just fine. That um, that Miami team with a dude with a cannon is terrifying with Waddle and Hill. Yes, with a cannon, but I don't it's even know that key. you need it because Tom Brady doesn't have what we call traditionally a cannon. No, but no, no. He, would but you, be... he, can, he, doesn't, he can make all the throws. Yes. I mean, you just need somebody who can make all the throws. Yeah. And Tua hasn't proven that he can do that yet. No, but he's in that situation. Well, if not now, it's never going to happen. Yeah, it's Which Miami. Is, it's Philly. Um, there's several that are positioning themselves. If people ever, if there is a market, an open market for quarterbacks, you know, they're positioning themselves for the next guy who's available, whether it's Lamar or Kyler or somebody we're not talking about. They're in position for that based on everything. This is Denver played this game since Manning left. Yeah. And they finally got their guy, but it took a while. It's not easy. No, no. It's very, very difficult. Will that be, and I know it's not consecutive, so you can't call them consecutive, but to just say that from, because when did Elway win his last Super Bowl? I want to say that's the end of my college career, so late 90s, early didn't in 2000. In, didn't they win in 98 and 99? Yeah, late 90s. I was, yeah, it makes sense. Because then the Rams won the next year. It was like they won back-to-back. -back. They beat the, yeah, 98, because it was the 98 Vikings that were 15-1 that the Falcons beat. So okay. 97, they beat the Packers in a shocker. Then the next year, they were the overwhelming favorite, and they handled the Falcons. It was supposed to be them against the Vikings, and then they beat the Falcons. All right, so in the last so, yeah. 25 years, yeah. is there a franchise, and you could even go back further, but that to, for them to be able to say that they've had playing quarterback for their team, and I'm just throwing this out there, so I, the answer could yeah, be I, like these. I might ahead. not have it. Elway, Peyton, Russell Wilson. Three? Because three is the, the differentiator. Because Right. They, Three greats. Like three Hall of Famers. Because Russell Wilson will end up in the Hall of Fame, I think. I don't know that they're no, – There's a lot of exists. twos because the best example of this is um, is certainly the Packers. Favre Rodgers. Favre Rodgers. And the yep. Colts, Manning Luck, had luck. But luck. But he stopped. But he was – that was On his way. He yeah, was on his no way. No doubt. Um, obviously, the Niners went Montana young, but there was no – I mean, there's after that, there's nothing that's on that level. The third is what separates, I think. The third, because there's not a, there's. I'm try, I don't want to miss somebody that I don't think we are. I don't think we are. Three of them. Three Hoffs. Mm -mm. I don't think so. No, that's pretty wild. That is wild. Yeah. And two the of the, and they drafted one of the three. They only drafted right, one. Right, and they got the other two after they were, you know. 
had incredible careers at another place. Like the fact that they have become like a quarterback destination destination is a pretty wild thing. Yeah. That is that. Yeah, that is wild because they would have, that's the other thing. Like anytime people talk about, you know, our conditions and I understand we're, you know, with the lake and the weather and all of that, it's, you know, it's part of it, but like, it's not like, it's not great thrown in the cold. No, it's not a dome. No. And that no. field is routinely torn up. Yeah. Now you may have stumbled on something. I don't think there's three. Someone will tell us if we got if we miss somebody, but I can't think of off the top of my head, I cannot think of a And you a went to the immediate three. twos that we always talk there's about. Always so the twos, if those are the so twos those are the twos, who would be the, the three? You'd have to go over a longer period of time. But that's a pretty But that's a pretty recent That's like an time. our lifetimes. That's, yeah, that's that's three of them in twenty years. Yeah. Yeah, because the, it's the end of Elway. End of Elway is 25 years ago. 20, right. So, yeah. Yeah. Like in the last quarter century, they've had three I Hall like of it. Famers playing quarterback. I like whatever. what you did there. Thank you. All right. We will uh, do a little mailbag for you coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, so, yeah, several. All right, uh, mailbag time. Hello, Gibby. Gibby! You guys uh, all right over there? Super demerit. No, we were just having a convert. Yeah, big demerit out of you, Gibby. Too bad you don't have a light. We were, ju- we were just talking about, uh, the, like, they've actually had quite a few in the last 20 years. 90-plus wins. Oh, yeah. 97, 6, and 19, 18. Yeah. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Just one. I mean, there's one ALCS were swept. That's it. They haven't done anything of consequence. Nothing. Nothing. No. Nothing. No. All right, give it. Go ahead. You can tweet your questions to at Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. Currently, I've got four pages. We'll see how many we get to. Just do it again on Monday. We'll do a two-hour mailbag on Monday. Hans Ritter. Tweets at the show. Just catching up on your shows this week. Wondering, did you guys dip into Hugo Boss at all from a cologne yeah. standpoint? Yep. I'm a little older, so maybe it was outside the short cologne window for you guys. No, I was a big Boss guy at one point. Um, when I first got into TV, I was a big Boss suit. I love a Boss suit. I still wear so Boss I love suits. Boss suits. They're awesome. Yeah, they fit me um, very well. I have a great Hugo Boss cardigan that I enjoy a great deal. Oh. Um. Yeah. No. I. Yeah. I do remember the the boss cologne. That was my I buddy. That. There was a while my buddy Deestrom only wore Boss, and then Boss would have like Boss Black and Boss Red and all. Yeah, the I never knew what Boss was the, labels and what all was that. the which one was what. I don't know. Who knows? But he, that's all. So we used to call him Boss Man because that's all, literally all he would. All wear, he'd wear. Yeah. Boss. But my suits. I, the majority of the suits you guys see me wear in uh, this capacity are all Boss because they fit. They have a. They have that tall athletic cut. I, I would say 90 I don't wear suits anymore, but when I used to, have to wear them every day, 90% of them were boss. Happy Browns fan tweets at the show. Me. He's got okay. two questions. Question number one, Question your, one. your favorite Happy Days spinoff. Joni loves Chachi, Mork None. and Mindy, Laverne and Shirley. No point of reference. Next. How old do you think we are? You know Did what you I'd not say? watch Mork yeah. and Mindy like, You know what I'd say? We're men, we're 40. We're not men, we're 60. You know what I'd say? Laverne and Shirley love the open. Huh. The open's great. Great the open. Beer. Boy. Oh, they make the beer and they put the Shamil. Yeah, Shamil, whatever yeah. it is. That yeah. one. Fine. But then I didn't watch it. I didn't watch any of those. It was one of the, that was one I watched. The two shows I watched is a three shows. That one, two other jumped to my mind where I just would watch the open. Now there were plenty that would watch the open and then the show, like the Fall Guy, Dukes of Hazard, some of those. 
But like uh, the, the ones that I would watch the open and not the show were Dallas because I used to love the image of Texas Stadium. And it was usually on, I want to say, after And they showed Texas City. I was just in awe. Like, yeah, why is wow. there a hole in that place? Like, what, what? why would you not just finish the job? That was crazy. And then Falcon Crest. I really liked the Falcon mm. Crest huh. open. I liked the Magnum P.I. open. Oh, but I would watch that show. Of course. What a what life. A mustache. Morgan Mindy was a good show. Go through the... I'm telling you, there was a lot of narcotics done in Hollywood in the 80s when you think about what got greenlit. That's another great one. Magnum P.I. Didn't even just... All right, be Hawaii, <laughs> private investigator, live in a rich guy's house, gets to drive a Ferrari, solves mysteries. Can I sign up for that now? Like, I'd do that right now. I'd leave my wife and family. I'd go there right now. And play Bo P.I. Yeah. Yeah. Cruise around. Perfect. Top down. You could have like a catchphrase like, nothing gets past the bishop. I'm part part two right of his now. questions, what's your route, Mount Rushmore of TGIF shows from the 90s? I uh, think I missed that. Is that like TGIF? That's the the full house stuff, right? There was one I'm that had now. there was there was one that I watched when I was in junior high that had it might have been like step by go. step family matters, step by step, full house. Boy Meets World, Sabrina yeah, the Teenage Witch. Boy Meets World, me. maybe. Topanga. No. I would do this. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. I enjoyed hanging with Mr. Cooper. Uh, that was fine. I liked Step by Step because when I was a kid, the, the the two girls in it, I used to thought, were, they were, the two daughters were All right. a little bit. Yeah. I liked Dinosaurs. I remember the Dinosaurs. I watched that show. I was more of a Thursdays. Yeah. I was Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Once you hit yeah. the 90s, I feel yeah, like. It, was, it wasn't a TJF guy. No. I was never a family I was at the bar. At, ever. Uh, no, never not He was at the bar. He was twelve. Oh, like Full House in the nineties, we show. were in a bar. Full House was a fine show. I mean, just saying. Ryan Black tweets at the show at Browns underscore Daily using the hashtag AskCBD. Gibbs, Bishop, Zagura are all in a boat on Lake Erie. Okay. A massive storm comes and capsizes the boat far away from shore. Yep. You illegally only brought one life jacket. Yeah, so here's, where this, here's where this thing gets. Here's where I, I have a, a I lot explain, of problems with what Can I clarify next? before yeah, go we go further? Who gets it? Gibby, because he's clearly the strongest. First and foremost, I am not the strongest. That's the, there it is. There was the problem. That, that was the one. That, well, I would give it to Gibby anyway. No. I, I feel like Gibby would get it anyway. So you are an Olympic-level swimmer, so I would, you'd be the one I'd be least worried about. And you're about. the franchise, so I'm going to save you, and he's getting the life jacket. There you go. I'll just bob in the water, man. No bob, Whatever. I'll save you. I have, at a time, there was a time, was that time in the early 1990s, sure, who's counting, where I held the, uh, I was the gold medalist at the California Lifeguard Olympics Great. for the active victim rescue. And in this case, you're going to be active. I'll be active. I'm going to rescue you. Gibbe's going to float. He's going to float. What I like it, done. I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, I appreciate than, the life. By the way, I like how you guys both got like accolades at this question. I was just like me. I didn't get an accolade. Yeah, you called you the franchise and said I'm just Z. I thought you said Gibby was the franchise. And no. I said yes, he's the. No, the show's the girl. He's the, the strongest. The franchise and. Eh. <laughs> well, you're Mitch Buchanan. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mitchie the kid. Okay, fine. No, the show. And I will. F- I firmly. Ad- I read that and I was like. Zagura is clearly the strongest individual on this show. Certainly the swimming. Greatest sw- I mean, for, the workout uh, he does all, every day, right, he, he might fronts, lie on the floor here like a dead fish he, in my office for 30 minutes. He is a legitimate, out. legit saver of humans. I've done it. 
If so he saves on my resume. Yeah, it's done. And I would, uh, Gibbe, you would be fine. We would be floating you around. Yeah, I, I'm fine. And I can tread water I, in between. Not, I'd be all right. I, in between. I, bring I you appreciate the life jacket. Yeah. I could see us kind of like, honest to goodness, I could see us kind of like emerging on the shores of Lake Erie, like a Baywatch scene that you I just threw you a nice too, reference yeah. to. Yeah. Bronze you up a little bit. And then we'll look out and we'll see Gibbe, the sun on his head. Yep. Why did Mitch not date any of them? He was all stuck on that Stephanie. They had all of them running around, and he was Awful. worried about stuff. Terrible decision-making. Come on, Mitch. Uh, Adam Sagi with two questions for us. I like right. it. Zagura, what is the best wrestling match you've ever seen live? Oh, God. That's a pretty good one. Uh, I would say Undertaker, Shawn Michaels won WrestleMania 25. feel pretty good about that. Yeah, All right. You said that emphatically. You did. I'm following you. If I was there for Rock Hogan at, in Toronto at 18, I would have for sure said that. But I was, alas, I was not. You were not. But you were at Michaels and Taker. I was at one and two. One and two. That's incredible. Front row. Adam Sigi, part two. Higher yep. or lower, more importantly, better or better worse. worse. That's right. Adam. Adam. Eh, Bravo. Make mistakes, things like that. Disney World's top four parks. One Hollywood Studios, two Magic Kingdom, three Epcot, four Animal Kingdom. That's how he right, ranks. Who am I taking? Like, is it the three of us going? I want to know. What are the parameters? My kids. So Hollywood, Animal, just and Magic. Magic. Question. Magic. Yeah. Well, so, this totally depends on who you're going with. All right. I think. Let's you just, were just there. I was just there, so I can rank this pretty easily. It is. If you're going with young kids, Magic's first because it's magical to them. But we're gonna take that out of it. If we're saying the three of us are going, it's gonna go. Uh, Hollywood is going to be one, without question. You have Star Wars. You've got you can drink there. Epcot would probably be two because it's just so dang. F- I love walking around the countries and you get a yeah, drink in every country. You, get, yeah. you do the like do the world and sing songs, take pictures in every gift shop. Tremendous time. Three would probably be Animal because you got the great um, Pandora ride. The flight okay. of the Avatar or whatever, which is unbelievable. And then you also have Everest Expedition, and you can also have a cocktail while you're there. Okay. Go on safari if you're so inclined. See the king of the jungle. No big deal. Yep. And then magic would be less. Now, magic is still like I'm giddy. I walk in there. I'm smiling. You saw it. Those who followed the, yeah. documentary, the documentarian on Instagram saw it. I'm giddy. So I love it. I have a great affinity for it. But if we're just talking like all adults, that's that's where you're going. Miss Kay, I'm, I'm gonna, she is Ken Burns great documentarian she really is yeah yeah russell tweets out the show got to get your token football question and is in this segment injuries happen other than qb what position room could least sustain an injury to a core player how can it be mitigated d end miles garrett yeah miles that's it he's a one-man show right now man oh boy did you see magnum bow your head on on pi Browns therapy. therapy, bringing it strong. Yeah, I, I would honestly, I'd leave them all right now. I'd leave them it's, all right now. Why can I take me up right now? Can I take you? Don't Uchi? like your you don't like the vehicle. Yeah. You hop in the helicopter. You yeah. got what was the guy's name who would fly you around? It was a TC who'd fly you around in the chopper. It's like a butler if you needed it. Well, there was a well, there was Mister Hughes, but but he wasn't his. It was he was like the caretaker. It wasn't even his house. I can't yes. even remember how convoluted this stuff was, but like. You get to cruise around a Ferrari, live in a rich guy's house in Hawaii. Seems pretty great. Seems great, man. Yeah. Seems pretty great. By the uh, way, Dukes of Hazzard's not bad either. Drive around in a, in a race car. You're bombing around. But you're sort All of. All you're doing is going on adventures. I don't think they work. 
But you're sort of running. You're bootlegging. In, in theory, you're running illegal you? operations. Well, that sounds like fun. And you, but you have a car that can outrun everybody. Everybody. So there's really matter. no consequences. And the sheriff's a complete. The sheriff's there's no helicopter. He's a bozo. He's a total He's a buffoon. Bozo. Class A bozo. Yeah. I mean, by the way, wouldn't be the worst thing to be boss hog. Run the town. It's not so bad. Yeah. It's not bad. Uh, Jersey Dog tweets at the show. If your arch ne- this probably is a girl question. If your arch nemesis breaks into your house, burns every single sports jersey you have, which one are you buying first? Buying like back? Buying back? Yes. Which one's most special? I'm like upset even trying to ponder, ponder this. Ponder that. Would it be a Jeff George or a Joe? Who do you love more, Jeff George or Joe? Wow. Joe. Not by much. I was gonna say. Close. The, I don't believe I can't believe I haven't asked you that before. Well, I have. I love for both is extreme. Like if my like autograph is more understandable. If my autographed Montana jersey went up, like I feel like it's easily I could replace that because it wasn't like personalized. It wasn't like he handed it to me. It was a gift. Yeah. The one that I would don't know that how I could ever possibly replace is I have the two, like I have the one Sanit teal Rex, which I don't think exists anymore. Like it was the way that they actually made it. Right. Right. From '88. And then I have a game issued white Rex. Like, where am I going to get more a in the yeah, game? Yeah, where am I going to get that? Like, that feels no, irreplaceable. One of one. Yeah. Now right. I do happen to know him, so I mean, I may be like, dude. Like, yeah. I probably have a better shot of being able to reach out to Rex and be like, hey, do you have a orange jersey for like a huge fan? You know, I mean, I, we at least can. I can. Do at least you think say, he's just packing like a whole box of? I don't know, but we're jerseys? DM friends. I mean, I feel like I could. It, reach out to him i yeah. have a chance at that i don't have a chance like i don't have contact to joe montana no no but that's more available because he's he in demand so. for signings yeah. and all yeah. of those things yeah jeff george i feel like if i ever got a chance to sit down with jeff george and i think we'd be fast friends how about will you book no him? way there's no way he book has a zest for, a for life like you i was maybe gonna say now I think you are best. bothering maybe now him. no i'll go the other way I'm going to say it's best that you never meet him. And that, that goes back that, to what you've always said. Yes, that that instead you live the mythology of Fine. him. That the, the that actually meeting him may be a tremendous disappointment. So I think it's I, he, best if you just have him. In I'm hoping mind. that he's mellow because I think in his peak he would have been slightly discourteous. <laughs> yeah, I think that there's a universal thought that that yeah. would be All how right. he is. So yeah. guys, how do you respond to a text like this? I just got this text from a friend. All right, on a group chat. Okay. To bachelor party in Vegas for 50 people. You ready for this? This is the direct quote, and I quote. I'm not even going to tell you where I am, but I'm playing golf in Tulsa at Southern Hills where the PGA is next month. (laughs) My response was... I'm not even going to tell you where I am. My response is, I think you just told us. I think you just told us where you are. That's what I said. That was my answer. I'm not even going to tell you where I am, but I'm playing golf. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a half a plane, kids. It's a half a plane. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the only time that you could do something like that and get away with it is if where he's playing is Augusta. Like, that's the only way that you could say, I'm not even going to tell you where I am. And I would give him a pass because he would be so discombobulated about the fact that he was at Augusta. Like, that would be the one place where you were doing it. But Southern Hills, it's fine. But, like, it's not like. No, but. He, I get it. I'm I almost saying. feel like he thinks he wasn't telling us where he is. Like, I don't understand the statement. Like, well, no, clearly, but he's, he obviously is trying, you know, he's probably just so excited about it. One of my other buddies responded to that with, I vote that we remove this person from the thread. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, real quick. Spirit of CBD at on off cough. Zagura, what is the least amount of money you would take to eat and finish an egg salad sandwich on air? I like that. I'm in. Like made with like hard boiled eggs mashed up. Yeah. And mayo. May- yep. Mayonnaise and mustard. Oh, yeah. On a, on a white bread. Yeah. And you want like an honest answer, not like something stupid. Like what if somebody pres- if somebody yeah. ponied this money up, I would eat it? Yeah. And be, be real about it because I, I think, am being real because I think some people I know you are. And that's why I appreciate somebody saying, oh, I wouldn't do that for a, for 50,000. Yes, you would. You would do it for $50,000. Oh, no, I was going to set the number at $100,000. Oh, you would do it for a second for 25 cash. Not a chance. I will vomit just all everywhere. There. So what? Fire, not a chance. It. It's cash. It's it's egg salad. No way. You just you would do it. No way. Yeah. Produce $25,000 in the, the sandwich and we'll find out. Of course, out. but you could. I'm telling you, you could. I don't know, dude. That's, I think you'd muscle through. I have to leave the room. If there's hard-boiled eggs in my presence, I must vacate the premises. Like, I'm out. The smell alone, I will want to vomit. So, yeah, the kids were doing the Easter eggs. That, that, so, luckily. Like, right now, my yet. stomach, just from this conversation, <laughs> is churning. Oh, Sad. God. You sound like my kid eating tomatoes. The only chance I would you. Okay, question, question. No, because we gotta go. got to go. 30 seconds. Go w- ahead. Would I be allowed to just, like smothered in like habanero sauce no no i think you have to eat it as prepared as but i think you, would, you could get it down you would i do sandwich. think there's no question i would vomit you would vomit there's no question but you would have to eat it you'd have to swallow it all and then it like i'm I, i'm not kidding i am it's nauseous really right now i am nauseous <laughs> my god Easy. Ohio Business Machine. Pony it up. I'll do it. Of your Cleveland Fine. Browns. Pony it up. They have all the X's and O's for your office. Call 216-485-2000 or visit OhioBusinessMachines.com. So much more to come. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, kids, we are off tomorrow. We're back on Monday. The next level's coming up next. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN. I'm nauseous. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN, 850 WKNR.